The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus again in reply spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants saying, Tell those invited, behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murders, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready. But those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads, and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. The Gospel of the Lord. When I was assigned to Fort Wainwright, I lived at the Cathedral Rectory for the Diocese of Fairbanks, right in the middle of the city of Fairbanks. And there were several other priests living in the rectory, many of whom were from other countries, serving as missionary priests to the people of central and northern Alaska. And the different cultures and languages and customs among the Various priests made it a very interesting place to live indeed. Never a dull moment. And I learned a lot from many of these priests. From Father Marek, who comes from Poland, I learned how to say jestem jeszdiktem, which means I'm a sinner. He also taught me how to say jestem szalonem kierocem, which means I'm a crazy driver. Father Bala, who came from India, taught me to say this. Which means, I'm a sinner, I'm a great sinner. And Father Nelson, who is from the Philippines, he didn't teach me much Tagalog, and he didn't teach me how to sing, but he did teach me some very important lessons about life about the beauty of a very simple and quiet life. One of the most content, one of the most joyful people I've ever met. And very humble, very quiet man. And while I was there in Fairbanks, he died. He died in the rectory one night. And we found his body later. And I remember Bishop Zelensky preaching at Father Nelson's funeral mass, and the psalm was Psalm 23, which we just heard moments ago, and the bishop was preaching on Psalm 23, talking about how Father Nelson truly made Jesus Christ the Lord, the shepherd, and he didn't want, he didn't have any wants or desires because of that, and Bishop Zelensky was preaching about how when he and uh, some family members of Father Nelson went to the room into his room to clean it out. 
There's very little in there. If, you know, the rooms we were living in, they weren't that big to begin with, but Father Nelson had very little stuff in his room. It was kind of like a monastic cell. He had very few possessions. Yet, he was so content with what he had, so joyful and so peaceful. He reminds me of what St. Paul is talking about in the second reading. St. Paul says he knows how to live in humble circumstances as well as in abundance because he's living for Christ Jesus. You know, I think that the lesson that Father Nelson taught me is a lesson that all of us can learn. That if we truly rely on Jesus Christ as our good shepherd, we will be content. We will be joyful no matter what we have. Whether we have few things or, or many things, we will truly be content and joyful. You know, the common theme in, in today's readings is that God provides for our needs. God provides for our needs. And it's not just the basic, the most basic of our needs. If we look very closely at the, at the words being used in the first reading and also the gospel, we'll find words like feast and banquet. God not only provides for our basic necessities, but he gives us more than what we truly need. And we hear in, in the psalm once again that, that we, if we rely on God as our shepherd, that not only will our physical needs be met, but also our spiritual needs. Spiritual safety will be given to us, especially in times of uncertainty, of anxiety, or fear. All of our needs in this world will be provided for, all of them. But as we hear in the gospel, some people reject this. They reject the gifts that God has given to them. They reject the invitations held out to them. And today's gospel comes immediately after the gospel which we heard last Sunday, which also spoke of rejection. If you remember, the parable was about a, an owner of a vineyard who leased it to some tenants. The tenants decided to do their own thing with the vineyard, to go their own way. So when the, when the vineyard owner sent his servants to the tenants to collect the produce, uh, the, the, the tenants killed the servants. And the owner, what did he do? He, you know, to quote um, our Lord in the parable, he put those wretched tenants to a wretched death because of that. So last week, we had rejection, people rejecting God rejecting his will, and the same type of rejection now, people rejection, rejecting that invitation to the banquet. Jesus in these parables in Matthew summing up how the Jewish nation had rejected the prophets, the servants of God who delivered that invitation to the people, that invitation to holiness, that invitation to reconcile with God that invitation to live according to God's commandments. And, and many of those prophets, the Jewish people killed. Killed the servants of God, just like in the parable. We've all received an invitation to this banquet, which is described in the gospel. All of us here have received a very special invitation you may ask what that invitation looks like in our modern times and our culture. 
Well, you're not going to find it in an email message. You're not going to find it in a phone call or a voicemail. You're not going to find it in a text message. You're not going to find it in, in some mailing that was, that was sent to your, your mailbox. This is a very special invitation, an invitation to conform our life to the life of Jesus Christ. It's an invitation to be joyful in this life, to be free from uncertainty, free from concern or anxiety or fear or want. It's an invitation to share in God's own eternal life, an invitation given to us in the scriptures, especially in the gospels. But that invitation is also extended to us in the sacraments of Holy Mother Church. In baptism, you are, for the very first time, given that invitation to share in God's eternal life. It was in your baptism, baptism you were made a member of the body of Christ. You were made a co-heir in the kingdom of heaven. You were made an adopted son, an adopted daughter of God the Father. You received this invitation for the very first time at your baptism. That invitation to share in God's eternal life. And unfortunately, so many people today, they've forgotten about that invitation or they've ignored it. But God continues to extend that invitation. He extends this, that invitation in the sacrament of reconciliation. When we're asked to confess our sins to our Father in heaven, reconcile with him and also reconcile with our brothers and sisters here on this planet and God extends that invitation to share in his eternal kingdom in the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist you know whenever we attend mass and we take part in the Eucharist we're entering into the wedding feast that wedding banquet of heaven which is described in the Gospels the Holy Spirit is making us present at that wedding banquet every time we share in the Eucharist. It's something very powerful to think about how God extends that invitation to us and when we, when we accept it and we attend and participate in Holy Mass, we're given a, a foretaste of heaven when we receive the Holy Eucharist. These invitations found in the, in the scriptures, especially in the gospel and these invitations given to us, extended to us in the sacraments of the church are an invitation to share in God's own eternal life. I think most of you here have received a wedding invitation or, or a similar invitation in the mail at one time or another. You'll notice that most of them come with an RSVP. So in an RSVP, you're asked to contact the host or the hostess and let them know if you're going to be attending or not. A lot of times there'll be an email address or a phone number. But a lot of invitations these days, they make it pretty easy for you, right? I mean, the last couple of invitations I've opened up, there's like two or three envelopes in the, in the one envelope. You keep opening envelopes, right? And one of the envelopes, all it is is an RSVP envelope with a card in it. All you have to do is pull out that envelope, pull out the card, and it's really neat. They have the word yes with a line to it, and the word no and a line to it, next to it. And you just put an X next to the one you're going to do. Yes, I'm going to go, or no, I'm not. And then you mail it off. They make it super easy. And if you don't do it, they will assume no. 
we receive a similar invitation every day of our life. We receive a spiritual invitation, a spiritual RSVP, you could say, every day of our life. We have a choice to make. When I wake up, I can either live for God that day, or I can live for myself that day. Am I going to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ today? Yes or no? There's no maybe on this RSVP. It's yes or no. Will I commit my life to the Lord today? Yes or no? It's really a fundamental choice. Either we choose to live for God or we don't. You know, some people say, well, Father, it's, it's not that easy. It's a little bit more complex. It's very complicated in the world which we live in today. I disagree. I disagree. I believe that the decision becomes complex only when we invite someone or something other than God to be our shepherd. Leading us down a path that is not leading us to God, then it makes that decision very complex. But really, the essence of the Christian faith is very simple. Are we going to live for God? Or am I going to live for myself? That's it. Now, the good news is, on those mornings that we wake up, we say, God, I really want to live for you today, but it's going to be hard. Because I may not want to completely, I'm just not up to the task today, my life is a mess. Those days when we say, Lord, give me the grace to be your disciple this day. God will extend many blessings, many mercies, many graces upon us that we can cooperate with to live out faithfully our discipleship to Jesus Christ that day. So when we receive that spiritual RSVP every morning and it's really hard to mark yes, we pray for grace to be able to do it. And when we fail, that's what the sacrament of reconciliation is for. But it's very important for us to intend with our will to give that yes to the Lord. In the psalm, we prayed, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And if we make God, whose Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, if we make the Lord our true good shepherd, then in many ways we will be like Father Nelson. We'll be able to be living a very joyful, a very content-filled life, no matter what we have or we don't have in this world. We will truly be satisfied, we'll truly be content when we recognize the abundant ways in which God blesses us each and every day with his grace and mercy when we simply say yes to the Lord. Praise be Jesus Christ.